0: using wireless stuff. Sometimes the prince of the power of the air gets in them sound waves, amen? But you ought to know that it's going to upset the devil when we start talking about the blood. And I, it's going to make him angry. You see, that? that's something he can't argue against. That's something he can't fight against. He's the accuser of the brethren, the Bible says. And when he tries to go before God the Father and accuse me and you, all that the Heavenly Father has to do is look over at that mercy seat and see that blood that's been applied... And that shuts the devil right up, amen? <laughs> and when he comes in our life and tries to accuse us, the Bible says that we, our conscience has been purged from dead works, that we might serve the living God by the sprinkling of the blood of Christ. And so when the devil tries to come into your life and say, you know, you're a scoundrel. And he tries to come in your life and say, you know, you're worthless. And he tries to come in your life and say, you know, you're a failure and you can't do it. You know what you have to do? You can just go ahead and say, well, you know, devil, you're right. But I was worth something to somebody, amen? (laughs) And I may not be much, but I'm blood-bought this morning, blood-bought. And uh, the Lord thinks that much of me and you that He'd send His Son to die for us. What a blessed thought. Turn with me in the book of Daniel, chapter number 6. Daniel, chapter number 6. And I want to tell you a Sunday school story this morning. Is that all right? I know that you've heard about Daniel and the lion's den. This morning, I want us to study it in a slightly different way, and I hope that you will uh, do your best as you read this. In fact, I'll tell you what I want you to do is, as we read this and as you listen to the sermon this morning, I'm sure you've heard lots of good sermons preached on it and uh, lots of good thoughts dealt with about it. But this morning, if you can, if, if, if it's possible for you to do so, I want you to, as you hear me preach, don't... Don't equate it with anything else. Try not to think of anything else. But let's just look at the Word of God afresh and anew this morning. And I want to give you a perspective that maybe you've not had about the book of Daniel. Chapter number uh, 6, and uh, I want us to begin reading in verse number 1. And I want us to read the entire chapter. Now, before you say, oh me, you just stick in with with me and you'll be saying amen by the end, all right? In the beginning of verse number 1 of chapter number 6 of the book of Daniel, the Bible teaches us that it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom an hundred and twenty princes, which should be over the whole kingdom, over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage." Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes, because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, "'We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God.' Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king, and said thus unto him, "'King Darius, live forever.' All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains, have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for thirty days save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians which altereth not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Then they came near and spake before the king concerning the king's decree. Hast thou not signed a decree that every man that shall ask a petition of any god or man within thirty days, save of thee, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing is true, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Then answered they and said before the king, That Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored until the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men assembled unto the king and said unto the king, Know, O king, that the law of the Medes and Persians is, that no decree nor statute which the king establisheth may be changed. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God, whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. And a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lord's, that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste unto the den of lions. when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God, whom thou servest continually, able to deliver thee from the lions? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God hath sent his angel and hath shut the lions' mouths, that they have not hurt me. For as much as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt, then was the king exceeding glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no manner of hurt was found upon him, because he believed in his God. And the king commanded, and they brought those men which had accused Daniel, and they cast them into the den of lions. Them, their children, and their wives, and the lions had the mastery of them. Break all their bones in pieces, for wherever they came at the bottom of the den. Then King Darius wrote unto all people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, Peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For He is the living God, and steadfast forever. And His kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed, and His dominion shall be even unto the end. He delivereth and rescueth, and He worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth, who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius, and in the reign of Cyrus, The Persian, thank You for being patient. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank You for this morning. Thank You for the singing. Uh, Thank You for the sweet spirit that we've already felt. But now, Heavenly Father, as we come to do business before You, I just ask that our hearts would be drawn into a somber and sober examination. God, help us to submit ourselves to Your Holy Ghost, that He might do the work in our hearts that we need. If there's one amongst us that's lost and undone without Christ, I pray that this morning you'd show them their need of Calvary. Lord, you, you alone know the heart's need, so we ask you to meet it, Father. We'll be sure to thank you and give you the glory and honor that, you, uh, that is due your name. Father, we love you this morning. We ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Let me ask you a simple question. How many of you have heard this story before? Would you slip your hand up? Just about everybody, if not everybody in the room. But as I began to read this story and as I began to study it, and God drew my attention to this passage, my wife poked at me. I've been reading a lot about lion hunting in Africa, amen? And she said, that's why you're studying about that Daniel and the lion's den. You've been been reading them books about lion hunting. I said, no, honey, it's the Holy Ghost, amen? Uh, But the lion books may have had something to do with it too, amen? But uh, as I began to read and to study this passage, I began to see some things that I had never seen before. I find it interesting the relationship and the love that Darius had for Daniel and the desire that Darius had to set Daniel over the kingdom. I began to look at the hatred that was found between uh, the princes and the peers of Daniel and Daniel. I began to look at this firm decree that was set down and established. I began to look at Daniel's keeping of the law in every way, shape, fashion, and form. I began to look at him being cast into a den of lions, cast into a dark cave, and might we say even cast into a tomb. That's what it was intended to be. I began to think about this stone that they rolled over the top of this tomb. I began to think about the ceiling of this tomb. I began to think about the next morning when that stone was rolled away and when Daniel came walking out. And I just began to think about this passage. And you know, you'll find if you study the Word of God that there's pictures of Christ everywhere that you look. He made the statement that you ought to search the Scriptures. For in them ye have eternal, think ye have eternal life. And there they would speak of me. It was written about our Lord. It said, Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. And as you read through the Word of God, you'll find sometimes it's just as plain as day. It's just right in front of you. Sometimes it's kind of like, you know, in, in, in Song of Solomon, the little, little girl kind of saw, uh, saw the man that she loved kind of through the lattice work. And sometimes it's a little fuzzy and it's a little obscured, but if you'll try to focus, you'll see it. And as I read this passage, I just want to name off a few things to you uh, and, and, and preach on the topic out of the lion's den. Now, as you heard this as a little child, you were told about the relationship between Daniel and Darius. And can I say that in some ways, Daniel pictures Christ in his relationship to the potentate. His relationship to the king. Now, we could go back through the history of Daniel, and it's astonishing to see the way that God moved and worked in his life and elevated him and exalted him to a place of prominence. But we find when we come down to the end of Daniel's life, and he's an old man at this point, we find that him and the king have a great love for one another. In fact, they have a love that is greater than any other love in the kingdom. They have a friendship and a kinship one with another. Uh, Darius had a desire to see uh, Daniel elevated. Darius had a desire to see Daniel exalted. Darius had a desire to see no harm come to Daniel. Darius had a desire to see Daniel glorified in the position that he was in. You know, I read in the book of John chapter 17 and, and verse 24, and listen to what it says. Our Lord is praying, and He makes this statement. He says, Father... I will that they also whom Thou hast given Me be with Me where I am, that they may behold My glory which Thou hast given Me, for Thou lovest Me before the foundation of the world. Do you know that Jesus Christ and God the Father, uh, they did not uh, become God at any particular point. They always were God. We call that the, uh, the eternal triune Godhead. There was no point in time in which they became God, but they had always eternally been God. Christ prays in that same chapter of John chapter 17 and verse 5. He prays to the Father and says, Father, I want you to glorify me with the glory that we had before the world began. I don't think we realize sometimes what an extraordinary thing happened on Calvary. Do you realize that that relationship was severed? Do you realize that for you and me, that relationship was severed the first time and the only time that Christ ever called the heavenly Father God? He didn't call him Father, but he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? It was severed for you and me. Look at this relationship between Daniel. Look at the first three verses. The Bible says it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom and hundred and twenty princes which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents of whom Daniel was first. Can I say that Darius wanted to give Daniel the preeminence in the kingdom? He wanted Daniel to be over everyone else. Do you know what the purpose of the redemptive plan of God is? Do you know what the purpose of Calvary is? Can I say that Calvary was given that we might be saved? Calvary was given that we might be separated and sanctified and glorified. But if you study the economy of God's plan, if you study the end of the result, uh, the book of Colossians tells us it's that in all things Christ might have the preeminence. Do you realize it's all about Him? We live in a world that's very self-centered. And I don't know of a single political leader in this world that don't think they are just the greatest thing since sliced bread. Do you? I, I mean, I don't know of a single political leader that don't think they are the Messiah come in the flesh. But I'll have you know, friend, that in God's economy, there's only one King of kings. There's only one Lord of lords. There's only one who will be exalted to that place and to that measure. There's only one that this is all for the glory of Him that liveth forever and ever and ever. There's only one. He had a desire to see him exalted. Look at it says in verse number 3. It says, Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. You know, the Bible talks about our Lord and Savior when He came that the Spirit of the Lord was upon Him to preach the gospel to the poor and to open blinded eyes and to raise up uh, those which were lame and to bind up the broken hearts. Do you realize that when Christ came to this earth, in Him all the fullness of the Godhead dwelt bodily. He was not any less God when he came to this earth. He was just more man than he had been. Amen? He was 100% God and 100% man. And let me say, when the Bible says about uh, Daniel that there was an excellent spirit in him and Darius saw him and saw the things that he did, what it's saying is that the way that Daniel lived pleased Darius. Darius was happy with Daniel. He saw his actions. He saw his, his works. He saw his attitude. And it pleased Darius. And Darius said, there's an excellent spirit in him. You know what Christ said? Christ said, I do always the things that please my Father. There was never a moment when God was displeased with Christ. Never a moment when the Godhead was out of harmony. Never a moment when the Godhead, though the relationship was severed, the will and foreordained counsels and predominant will of God was always in harmony. God was always on the same page with himself. We see that there's a picture of Christ here in the relationship to the potentate. We see that Darius loved Daniel, and we know that God the Father loves God the Son, always has and always will. But I want you to notice the second thing. I see a picture of Christ in the reproach that Daniel feared and the reproach from, uh, that Daniel felt from his peers. The Bible says that Darius set him uh, over all the kingdom and set him over all the realm. There was no one higher except for Darius. That all these princes uh, gave an account to Daniel. Uh, But notice what the Bible says in verse number 4. The Bible says, "...then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom." They didn't have a problem with Daniel. They were looking for a problem with Daniel. There was nothing they could point to. Daniel had done them no harm in any way, shape, fashion, or form. He hadn't done anything wrong, but they were looking for a reason to have a problem with him. And notice what it says. It says in verse number 5, Then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Then these presidents and princes assembled to gather to the king, and said that thus unto him, King Darius, live Forever, I tell you what they had a problem with. Listen carefully. They had a problem with authority. That's what they had a problem with. Why was it that uh, that Joseph's brothers hated him when he came and told the dreams that he had? And even Jacob rebuked Joseph. He came and he had had uh, two dreams. And one of them uh, was that the, the, uh, the sun and the moon and the stars had, had made obeisance. And the other one was that there was a group of sheaves that were all gathered around a field. And he had his sheaf in the mix. And then all the sheaves had to bow down before his sheaf. What was it they had a problem with? They had a problem with his authority. That's what they had a problem with. You know what, you know what this world has a problem with about Christ? They have a problem with his authority. They have a problem with his authority. We live in a world that has a problem with authority one way or the other. We live in a world that hates authority. We live in a world that despises the notion of anyone telling them what to do. You know, we get on little ones a lot of times. We say, well, you just don't like to be told what to do. Adults don't like it any better than they do. They had a problem with authority. You know what the Bible says in the book of John, chapter number 1? The Bible says that he came unto his own and his own received him not. The Messiah that the Jews had been looking for for so many years came was made flesh and dwelt amongst men. And when He did it, they rejected Him. They wanted nothing to do with Him. They turned their back on Him. And the Bible says that they crucified the Lord of glory. They hated Him with a hatred that you and I can't even fathom. They despised Him. They had no issue against Him. They sought for an issue to have against Him. They wanted a reason to have a problem with Him. They wanted a reason to hate Him. And so they sought occasion. You know what they did? I want you to notice not only do we see a picture of Christ in the reproach from his peers, but I want you to notice that thirdly, we see a picture of Christ in that his righteousness was perfect. His righteousness was perfect. The Bible says that they concocted the only way that they could trip Daniel up was by proving that he loved God more than anything else. That was the only way they could trip him up. I mean, they looked and they looked and they looked. You know what they finally said? They finally said, the only way we can find occasion against him is concerning the law of his God. Now, that doesn't mean that they're saying we're going to find a problem uh, where he's not obeying the law of God. But what it's saying is that if we can get the law of God and the law of religion contrary one to another, we can find fault with him. What was the cause? What was the crime? What was the judgment that they had against our Lord? They said he blasphemeth in that he maketh himself equal with God. You know the problem with that, Brother Ralph? He was equal with God. (laughs) That's the problem. They said he's blaspheming, and if you and I had said that very thing, we would have been blaspheming. But not the Son of God, not him.